You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome to the Braves postcast for the Lockdown Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after a Braves win that was cooler than a polar bear's toenails. It was outcast night at the ballpark and it was a packed house and it was appropriate that the Braves would save one of their wildest finishes of 2023 on a night in which I think everybody was out there to have some fun at the park. And indeed, if you're a Braves fan and brought home one of those bobbleheads, you probably did. But the Braves also put on a show for you late, especially a big eighth-inning rally for an 8-5 win over the Philadelphia Phillies in the first meeting between these two teams since the NLDS last year. Braves might have had a bitter taste in their mouth after that one, but they draw first blood in 2023. we got a ton to talk about here on the postcast. I want to remind you, as always, make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Atlanta here on YouTube. Click the bell to get the notifications every time we drop a new episode. And if you're here, please hit that like button. Make sure you tell a friend it helps the show grow. And make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Jake, a nice, quiet, easy, ho-hum kind of win for the Braves tonight. Didn't really have to sweat it. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm reading the script for a completely <laughs> wrong game. This was a wild back-and-forth seesaw affair between two divisional rivals. And at the end of the day, the Braves were able to find the big runs, the key hits, and all the things they needed to grab this win. Yeah, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm a fan of, you know, well-pitched 3-1, 2-1 oh, yeah. ball games, but this was a different kind of fun. I mean, this was a back and forth blow uh, versus blow. We used a lot of fighting references the other night, so uh-huh. I'll save you from those on this one. But that's really what we saw here. I mean, it was it was jab, jab, uppercut in this game. I guess I am going to go with the fighting references again, but it was a lot of fun, a back and forth one. Obviously, it's more fun when the Braves come out on top. Yeah, it's more fun when you win these games. It's excruciating when you lose them. This one felt less like, a, say, a, a prize fight and more like a round of Mortal Kombat because these two teams <laughs> were just landing the haymakers all they could, and the Braves finally hit their fatality there in the eighth inning. Uh, be that as it may, we'll put that aside and uh, and move on to what we like to think is a nice family-friendly wrap-up show here and get inside the line score and the box score of game number 50. Phillies now 23 and 27, five runs, 11 hits, no errors, six men left aboard for the Phillies. Braves now 31 and 19. That's the best record in the National League and a nice sizable lead in the NL East. We'll talk about that later. Eight runs, 12 hits, no errors, seven men left aboard. Nick Anderson, the winner in relief, is 3 and 0. Gregory Soto, the loser in the eighth inning, he came on and the Braves, they quite simply had his number. He takes that loss and drops to 1 and 4. Rice Iglesias, a nice clean ninth inning for his fourth save. Two hours, 44 minutes, though at times it felt a lot longer than that. And 43,216 paid to see it tonight. Third largest crowd in Truist Park history. That includes the postseason. I think that would tell you that uh, there was a lot of excitement about the outcast bobblehead. And, of course, the Braves and Phillies on a weekend series heading into Memorial Day weekend. I'm sure a lot of things uh, led all roads to Truist Park. Dylan Dodd was the man on the mound. And usually we spend a little bit of time talking about the starting pitcher and really kind of getting in-depth and all of that. But... His start kind of took a back seat by the time this game story was really fleshed out in the end. Five innings of four-run ball for him. He made a couple of mistakes, a two-run homer by Alec Bohm in the second inning, a fifth-inning solo home run by Bryce Harper. I really felt like that was the one that kind of made it feel like, you know, going from an acceptable start to one where it's you're just kind of wondering if, you know, if Dylan has been able to, you know, find the pitches and the sequences he needs to really, you know, be as competitive as the Braves want him to be. But credit where credit's due, he struck out the next two men. He finished off the five innings. 
and anything has to be better than a bullpen game, both for the audience watching and for the Braves bullpen that just simply could not afford to throw six or seven relievers in another game. Yeah, I saw a lot of people commenting that on Twitter as well. I'd much rather see Dylan Dodd, you know, struggle, battle through five innings there, maybe give up three or four four runs. Like you said, that Harper home run really kind of changed the outlook of it when you look at the, the final stat line. But again, up until that point, you know, I thought he was going to breeze through that fifth inning, and I'd say, okay, this is a very acceptable start from Dylan Dodd. Even as it were, he kept the team in the game with the offense the Braves have you know, it's going to give them a chance to win. And, you know, ultimately it did. So I, I thought there were definitely some encouraging uh, signs in this game for Dylan Dodd. A big double play from Austin Riley there mm -hmm. in the third inning really helped him out yep. a ton there. Um, but even in that fifth inning, as you mentioned, you gave up the home run to Harper, a ball that just hung over the middle of the plate. You can't do that against major league hitters. You definitely can't do that against Bryce Harper. Yeah, but then he came back after that. And like you said, I thought maybe that was some of the best he looked all game. So again, I think there were definitely some things you could take away from this one for Dylan Dodd as he continues to learn up here. Uh, but yeah, overall, you know, again, he doesn't give up that home run to Harper. It makes, I think the start look a little bit better because he is your fifth starter right now. And really he gives you five innings, three earned or less. You'll take that all day long. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of the way I looked at it. I talked about it when Jared Schuster came back from Gwinnett. If he signed me up for five innings and three run ball, I'll take it. I don't really care how it looks or how it happens. I just felt like that was what was necessary to help lay the foundation. Because as we saw tonight, the Braves offense can be sudden. It can be explosive and they can uh, score runs without just hitting homers as they showed in this game as well. After you know manufacturing a nice run for a rally to avoid a sweep against the Dodgers as well, uh, the Braves were able to find the hits they needed and overcome, if you will, what the Phillies were doing on the other side. Because as I mentioned, this was a very back-and-forth game. You had Austin Riley with an early home run to put the Braves on the board. First of his two home runs on the night. I talked to him in depth about a week ago You know when this homestand was getting started, and he told me he felt like he had really identified what he called the bugs in his swing, the bad habit that he was in of lunging, kind of diving out over the plate, of getting jammed inside with fastballs. Jake, you look at the exit velocities, and oh, by the way, the home run distances tonight, 459 and 458 feet, respectively. I would think that Austin Riley, in addition to all the hard line drives he was hitting in that Dodgers series, is really starting to feel himself at the plate again, and that is nothing but a good thing for this Braves offense. Yeah, I'm just really glad I didn't jinx him. I put in my headline today that Austin Riley is back and got a little worried about it. Maybe I was going to put the jinx on him, but uh, glad to see that wasn't the case because, yes, he came out swinging tonight. That second home run he gave to Aaron Nola. You just saw Nola put his head down like yep. pretty much when he threw the pitch. It just floated over the inside corner. Riley absolutely crushed that ball, as you said. Neither of his tonight were cheap, cheapy shots. So mm -hmm. I love to see what you're getting from Austin Riley right now. Obviously, he does – indeed look back and that's just huge for this Braves offense which was a night where you know a lot of the offense was going but to have your key guy in the middle and we talked about it you know four doubles in that Dodgers series and you said well, where are the home runs well yeah. here they come they and, and yeah and here they are so and I think obviously will be more coming as well when you get Austin Riley going like this and he can heat up like, like we saw last July and be one of the best players in all of baseball hopefully that's a run we're about to see him go on. Yeah, it would be wonderful to see that. Of course, the Braves have needed to see somebody besides Ronald Acuna Jr. At the, as far as the top of the order guys, really maybe getting hot. I know that Matt Olson has had his moments. He's hit his homers. He was a contributor in this game as well. And he's been finding his way on base by drawing those walks. But you really wanted to see that one, two, three you know, punch that the Braves had. At least that's the way they designed it with Acuna, Olson, and Riley. I know Sean Murphy has crept into the three spot at times. You've seen right-handed Ozzie Albies up there a little bit, but 
I still think that that's a place where you'd kind of like to have Austin. I know people look at the splits and say, oh, he hits better fourth. I think if you give him time and he's feeling himself at the plate the way he is now, yeah, he's going to be just fine hitting third, and you want him to be getting the most plate appearances you can. So having him hitting that spot is nothing but a good thing for the Braves. we got a lot more offense to talk about, but i got to tell you one about, a, about one of our great sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs, the most comfortable, functional, versatile shorts you'll ever find. They feel great. They fit great. You need to try these out. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB. Enter the promo code LockedOnMLB. They'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB. Promo code LockedOnMLB. Uh, so as you take a look at the Braves offense, it wasn't just Austin Riley on this night. A man that we have seen just blistering his way through the month of May, that is Marcelo Zuna. Two for three, had a game-tying home run, his 10th of the year, his 8th of the month, three runs scored on this night. He was involved in several of the Braves rallies and key moments in this one. Uh, just good to see that he continues to contribute uh, and just you know more of what the Braves needed to kind of get the one through nine, the length of this lineup to really show off exactly how dangerous they can be when you get a hitter like Ozuna going and some of these other guys start to find themselves at the plate as well. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it for a while now with Ozuna. He's been on this hot streak. It's just, it's not just the home runs, which he got tonight. He also took a really good walk in this game as well that ended up leading to a run. So, I mean, he's, again, I said it the other day, he's becoming more of a complete offensive player, doing a little bit of everything. So that's great to see, as you, as you said, lengthening that lineup, you know, earlier in the year when those top three guys were going, we were saying, who's going to step up at the bottom. And it was Sean Murphy. And then it was Ozzy Albies. And now you're seeing Marcelo Zuna be that guy at the bottom of the order. Um, I do want to quickly call out Michael Harris. There was a situation late where it was the right move to pinch hit for him, but he did have that sack, sack RB, uh, sack fly in this game as well. The inning after the Braves had second and third, nobody out and didn't score. Mm -hmm. They, they get him in that situation again the next inning with one out, and Michael Harris drives the ball the other way, still got under it, ended up being a fly out for the sack fly, but it's still, you know, I think you're seeing uh, that him trying to take that ball the other way it ended up being obviously a big run at the time for the Braves to take the lead there. So good signs from him. Again, I know he was pinch hit for, and again, was the right call with the way he's going right now, but I still thought that was somewhat of an encouraging sign in this game for Michael Harris. Yeah, let me get through this um, scoring to kind of get us caught up to where we need to be for the eighth inning, which is where the Braves, of course, put together their three-run rally to go ahead for good. The Austin Riley home run came in the first, a two-run shot. Alec Bohm answers with a two-run shot off Dylan Dodd. Bryson Stott with a double, put the Phillies ahead. Then Marcelo Zuna in the bottom of the second inning. He answered with a solo home run. You get to the fourth. That's the sack fly for Harris that gave the Braves the lead 4-3 at the time. The Harper homer we mentioned against Dodd came in the fifth. It tied things up again. Austin Riley puts the Braves ahead with his solo shot in the fifth. Then in the seventh, the Braves put in A.J. Minter, and I, I know that that's been the subject of a lot of debate on Twitter tonight. I thought he was going to have a chance to get through this inning. I know I'm catching a lot of flack for saying on Twitter that you know, that inning was kind of a, a just a – in a nutshell, some of the bad luck that AJ's had this year. I'm not saying that he hasn't given up some hits. I'm not saying that he hasn't had a couple of tough outings that had nothing to do with luck. But I am here to tell you, if you get two quick outs and then somebody bunts against the shift and hits the 20 hopper through the vacant shortstop hole, that is the di dictionary definition of bad luck. The Phillies, though, did exactly what a team should do when they've got somebody on the ropes, and that is you know, try to cash in those runs. And they did uh, with a Schwarber double, but the second runner, Nick Castellanos, was cut down at the plate. The game was tied 5-5 through 7. Now, Travis Darno was kind of the big man there once we got to the 8th inning. He comes off the, off the uh, bench for the Braves, comes through with the two-run single. 
in a pinch hit appearance for Michael Harris II. Jake, you brought this up. I did feel like this was the right call. Gregory Soto was struggling, but it is a 100-mile-an-hour throwing lefty. Probably not the best matchup for Michael Harris, particularly in kind of the way that he's been going right now. And for the second night in a row, Travis Darno was in the middle of a big rally for Atlanta. Last night, it was something as simple as moving a runner over. Tonight, it was just something as simple as picking on a 2-0 pitch and giving a two-run single. Matt Olson added a sack fly, and the Braves scored three runs in that frame. But what a moment for Travis Darno, and what a move for the Braves and for Brian Snitker to go to the righty there and pick the you know pull the right lever, push the right button, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, when they were, it seemed to me pitching around Arcia there to load the bases. It felt they like they were they were wanting to go after Michael Harris. And when I saw them doing that to Arcia, even though the last pitch to him had a lot of the strike zone, but I still think they were pitching around him to get to Harris. And I thought you got to go to Travis Darno here. And again, I just complimented Michael Harris for the swing he had earlier in the game to give the Braves a lead with the sack fly, but. Still, he's obviously trying to figure it out. He's struggled against lefties in his career. Travis mm-hmm. Darno is the guy who puts the ball in play. It just seemed like the right move there, and Brian Snicker, credit to him, does pull the trigger. I was actually a little surprised when Harris made it out to the plate uh, like he was going to come up because I thought they should have gone to Travis Darno immediately, but they end up going to him. He gets the big hit to give the Braves a lead, and then Matt Olson just missed getting one out of the park but gets the sack fly and gives the Braves a little bit more cushion there for Iglesias in the ninth inning. Yeah, it would have been wonderful to see Matt Olson put one over the wall. Obviously, that would have blown the game wide open late. But between the Braves coming up with that big rally and between cutting down a runner at the plate in the seventh inning, you had a feeling just based on plays we've seen with the Phillies and Braves play at Truist Park where the runner doesn't have to touch home plate to be (laughs) safe. It kind of felt like maybe it was going that way again, but a 9-6-3 to nail them and then to come up with the big rally that they needed an inning later. It just seemed to be exactly the kinds of things that you're accustomed to seeing from a Braves team that has shown itself to be resilient and to be able to fight in these kind of back-and-forth games. And Travis Darno was the big man uh, with the big hit in the biggest inning for the Braves on this night. The Harris sack fly, though, I do think that's worth circling. That is something good to see from him. And even though he was pinch hit for, who do you think was right there ready to congratulate Travis Darno for coming through with that pinch hit? Michael Harris the second was right in the middle of all of that. Uh, also in this game, Matt Olson, I mentioned one for three, also had the sack fly, so drove in a run, scored a run as well. Ron Lacuna Jr., two for five, two more steals tonight, 22 of those on the year, so that pace is uh, trending back up towards about 70 stolen bases as far as that is concerned. Uh, I also mentioned that this win for the Braves, in addition to being the opener of this four-game set against the Phillies and back-to-back wins for the Braves after losing those two to the Dodgers, uh, five-and-a-half game lead over the New York Mets in the National League East, six-and-a-half on the Marlins, Miami losing, New York winning, but the Braves at 31-19 and have the best record in the National League. I know, Jake, we talk a lot about this after wins and after losses. You know, the Braves have had to go through an awful lot this year when it comes to injuries, when it comes to challenges, some attrition, some struggles, whatever it may be. 31-19 and 19 at the 50-game mark, so about a third of the way through the season. you got to feel pretty good considering everything that has been thrown at this club thus far this year. You do, and I mentioned it the other day as well. You know, they went – Eight and nine in this really tough stretch that they had that they just got through. And I, th- I still think it continues against the Phillies. But, you know, they had their struggles in that and they come out and they really didn't lose anything in the National League East. So you got to feel good about that. And then, like you said, all they've gone through to still have a, a 31 and 19 record. I mean, at this point in the season, I think you got to be pretty happy about that, especially when they've had some slow starts the last couple of years to come out swinging this year, you get those wins, games that they should be winning, which is exactly what you want to see and what they didn't do the last couple of years. You mm-hmm. got to feel pretty good with where the Braves are. 
You really do. And a quick injury update as well. Talk to Brian Snitker before the game. Max Freed was throwing on the field, just playing some toss from 60 feet. We'll see how he feels, and he'll probably continue to do this for a number of days. The Braves will start to assess him and then figure out how they can ramp him up. It'll still take a number of weeks before we see Freed back if all goes according to plan, but that forearm strain, he is starting to resume some baseball activities. That, of course, is a very good thing to see. We'll talk about game two of this four-game set that happens on Friday at Truist Park against Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, but I have to tell you, this episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills, and it's all in one place. Stop throwing your money away, cancel those unwanted subscriptions, manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash MLB. Check that out today. As for the Braves and Phillies, they resume in Game 2 on Friday. Lefty Jared Schuster on the mound, looking to even up his record at 2-2. Two and two. Veteran right-hander Taiwan Walker will be on the mound for the Philadelphia Phillies. Jake, I love what I've seen from Jared Schuster the last two starts. I thought he looked much improved in his return from AAA against the Texas Rangers, and I thought he looked even better in his last start, the longest of his major league career, in picking up his first big league win against another tough offense in the Seattle Mariners. We saw tonight the Philadelphia Phillies are capable of getting some guys on and getting the big hits, so Jared Schuster is going to have another big test on his hands. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Jared Schuster. I don't know if I would have said that when he first came back up after his rough begin to the season, but I'm really excited to see what he can do to follow up on, like you said, two really strong outings that he's had since getting recalled and joining the rotation. So uh, really looking forward to it. Hopefully he can continue to build on that, and hopefully this Braves offense continues to do more of what they did on this night and put up a bunch of runs for a young rookie starter. Yep, they certainly could use it. The Braves scoring early. Austin Riley getting them right onto the board with that home run. I was off by one at bat with my tweet. I thought that you know the the finale against the Dodgers on Wednesday night would be a great time for a walk-off homer from Austin Riley. He just wanted to start the next game with a home run, his first of two on the night. Nine home runs on the year now for Riley. Ten home runs on the year for Ozuna. Those big blasts helping Atlanta out in this first game against the Phillies. Those guys, they're heating up. They're red hot in the case of Ozuna. Just keep this thing going and let the rest of the offense jump in as well. Jared Schuster will take all the runs he can get. The lefty on the mound for the Braves, the rookie, and Taiwan Walker, again, is on the hill um, on the opposite side for the Philadelphia Phillies. 7.20 p.m. Eastern time, the first pitch on Friday night in game two of this four-game set. That'll bring us to the end of this edition of the Braves postcast. As always, we appreciate you riding along with us tonight. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta and make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Braves, wherever you get your podcast, you'll get every episode of the postcast and all the other great stuff that Jake has for you all season long. If you made it to this point, we appreciate it. Go ahead, hit that like button if you didn't already do that, and make sure you tell a friend. We appreciate that as well. Once again, your final score, the Braves in an exciting back-and-forth battle with the Phillies. They pick up an 8-5 win. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you after Game 2 of the series. And until then, so long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 